I'm Barry Weiss, and this is Honestly. It's Thanksgiving week, which for many of us means eating too much pumpkin pie, and for others, maybe the very same people, means getting into arguments with your Gen Z cousin who in a fit of rage calls you a settler colonialist and storms out of the dining room. Whatever your Thanksgiving may bring, and let's hope it brings only good things, we here at Honestly wanted to bring you something delightful from the most delightful man on planet Earth, or at least on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, David Sedaris. Sedaris is a humorist and the author of many best-selling books. They include some of my favorite books, books like Calypso, Theft by Finding, Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls, Me Talk Pretty One Day, Naked, Holidays on Ice, Barrel Fever, and most recently, Happy Go Lucky, which I had the privilege of talking to him about last December. It was many people's favorite episode of all time. What makes David's writing so unforgettable is his ability to find something meaningful and true in the utterly mundane. And the way he finds humor, or makes it, in the most horrific moments in life— And last, and very rare quality these days, his commitment to the lost art of making fun of ourselves. So for today's episode, we're thrilled to have David here again, this time reading an essay that he calls Punching Down. It's funny, it's frank, and fair warning if you're a parent of small children, you might find it a little bit offensive. Stay with us. I don't know about you, but I'm always searching, searching for new restaurants in my neighborhood, searching for better jeans, searching for better hypoallergenic detergents. Okay, that last one might just be me. But I search everywhere on Google, Instagram, Twitter, Resi, all of it. But when you're hiring for your business, as I have learned, the best way to search is to not search at all. Don't search, match. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. Ditch the busy work and the endless scrolling and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. A recent survey showed that 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Indeed's matching engine constantly learns from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Honestly. Just go to Indeed.com slash Honestly right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Honestly. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know about you, but I'm always searching. Searching for new restaurants in my neighborhood, searching for better clothes, searching for better clogs. Okay, that last one might just be me. But I search everywhere on Google, Instagram, Twitter, Resi, you name it. But when you're hiring for your business, the best way to search is not to search at all. Don't search, match. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. Ditch the busy work and the endless scrolling and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. A recent survey showed that 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Indeed's matching engine constantly learns from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Honestly. Just go to Indeed.com slash Honestly right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Honestly. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now? Full? Drained? Maybe at half-life? It's easy to spread ourselves too thin, especially with spring right around the corner. What's the right amount of socializing for you? How do you recharge? Do you thrive around lots of people, or do you think you need more alone time? Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that works for you and that doesn't leave you drained. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash honestly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash honestly. Punching down. When I first moved to New York in 1990, I knew a total of five people. They all had lives of their own. I couldn't just plop myself down and demand their attention. And so I signed up for a once a week class taught at the West Side YMCA, hoping I could make a friend or two there. Writing Funny, the course was called, and it was taught by a British woman named Frida Garmaze, who was maybe in her mid-sixties at the time and had published several books. What are the rules of comedy writing, she asked at the start of our first session. I put my hand up. You should never make fun of anyone who has less power than you. Frida looked at me the way I deserved to be looked at, with a combination of disgust and pity. Where on earth did you get that idea, she asked. I groped for an answer. The, the village voice, maybe? No, 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 she said. The only rule of comedy anything is that you should always be as tasteless as possible. I think about that moment a lot, especially now when punching down the phrase has become ubiquitous, the worst crime a comic or humor writer can commit, at least according to the people who now decide such things, meaning people on Twitter, who determine, based, I suppose, on your photo and a wild guess at your net worth, who you are and are not allowed to make jokes about. Words we are now regularly reminded, are violence. So too is silence. I read not long ago that capitalism is violence, as is misgendering someone. Ignoring someone is violence, but so too is paying them attention. A friend recently called on one of her assistants to deliver a statistic during a business meeting and was later charged with casual violence. Apparently, Deborah needed to give advance warning that she was going to ask a question, one that might possibly put her employee, someone who was well-paid to know stuff and be able to spew it forth, on the spot. Who are these hothouse flowers, all so easily and consistently wounded? People whose parents never hit them. That's who. People who don't know what real pain is but still want to throw the word around. When I was a child, a slap across the face was too minor to qualify as casual violence. It was simply what you got for talking back or holding everyone up. It never hurt all that much. What stung was the swiftness of it, the surprise. Who knew my mother could move so fast, like someone belted in the martial arts? 
I don't feel like it traumatized me to be knocked around a little. Blood was rarely drawn. No limbs were broken. Could my parents have made their point without resorting to violence? Probably. But it would have taken more time. And with six kids to dress and get out the door, that was a precious commodity. I see parents now who worry they're being abusive if they don't spend at least an hour putting their child to bed. An hour. I said to my sister Amy, do you remember ever once being tucked in? Can you imagine mom and dad reading to us or singing? Can you imagine them kissing us? Ugh, she said, stop. And look at us. We're fine. We can handle stuff. We never get offended by anything. Part of that is because there were so many of us. A child needs brothers and sisters. The more, the better. Good siblings will press your favorite doll's face onto a red-hot barbecue, then steal the money the tooth fairy left under your pillow. They'll deposit things inside of you when you're four, then sleep with your boyfriend 12 years later. We'll, in short prepare you to live in the real world. Better still, they'll dilute the eye of Sauron-like attention given to only children. My mother couldn't remember our names half the time, much less care whether or not we felt anxious or depressed. One of the worst things that's happened to us as a country is that people are having fewer children, 1.8 as opposed to 5 50 years ago. Sure, it's good for the environment. Fewer people means less demand for resources. The problem is that single children receive a freakish amount of love and attention. Most graduate at least 12 times before leaving high school. Their every move is recorded and celebrated, and it gives them an outsized sense of their own importance. Our parents thought we were okay at best. And I think that really helped us in the long run. Ask someone now if they have kids, and they're pretty much guaranteed to use the word amazing, as in, I have an amazing six-year-old daughter. Amazing because she just discovered a cure for MS or because she speaks three words of Spanish, I always want to ask. I mean, just how low have you set that bar the solution isn't for every couple to start having five kids again, but maybe for one chosen couple to have five and the other four couples to go without. Either have a full litter you can't dote on or nothing at all. If our schools are a mess, it's in large part due to these parents who think their kids are special, who get mad if you contradict their brilliance, if you give them a bad grade or, God forbid, try to take their phones away. Had one of my teachers told my mother that I was acting up in class, she'd have said thank you so much for letting me know. Then she'd have come to wherever I was, in front of the TV or at the side of the TV, making my way to the front of it, and slapped my sister Gretchen so hard her eyes would have crossed. What was that for? Gretchen would have asked. Oops, wrong kid, my mother would have said. Then she'd have slapped me twice as hard to make up for her mistake. I was in Los Angeles not long ago, staying at a hotel in Bel Air. Houses in that neighborhood start at $20 million, so of course there are no sidewalks. 
You wouldn't want the wrong people wandering in. So I was on the far end of a winding street, Porsches and BMWs racing by, when I saw a van-sized private school bus pull up in front of a gated mansion. A mother ushered her child, age seven or so, through the door as I passed. I walked on for another five minutes before turning back, surprised to see that the school bus hadn't moved in the time I'd been gone. Rather, it was where I had left it, the engine idling, the mother still at the door, mewing over the sound of her crying child. Well, Atticus, honey, where do you want to sit? So the bus driver and all these kids had to wait until this one woman's son was happy with the seat. I think that if you don't want to slap or spank your child, that's fine, your decision. But other people should be completely allowed to. Not higgledy-piggledy, but in this situation, the driver had every right to yank Atticus into whichever seat was empty and say, shut the fuck up, we're leaving. Children now are like animals who have no natural predators left. Had I arrived at my elementary school with a bleeding head wound, explaining that my father had just thrown me out of his moving car because I was teasing my sister, the teacher would have handed me a Band-Aid, saying, well, I hope you learned a lesson from it. Now even a scratch on the back of your hand could get your parents locked up for abuse, and children know this. In a London park one afternoon, I saw a woman glaring into the distance to where three kids, aged seven to nine, were breaking branches off a tree. Hey, you boys, she shouted. Stop doing that. You can't talk to us, the ringleader shouted back. And he was right, at least legally. According to the law, the woman was bullying them. I was in a crowded restaurant not long ago where this four-year-old was running back and forth across the candlelit dining room. Her parents charmed. This as servers were carrying heavy trays of hot food. I kept waiting for the manager to say something, but they're all afraid now of being condemned on Twitter or TikTok. She didn't seem innately horrible, this girl, but I think we'd all have been better off had someone said, you sit down right now. In this case, though, it was really the parents who needed to be hit. Ditto the couple I saw the next morning at breakfast. They came with two kids, age maybe four and six, and each of them was watching a different program on an iPad. Neither had headphones on, and the high-pitched voices of the cartoon characters, let's go see what the letter M is up to, were super disturbing. If this was a sports bar of the sort with billboard-sized TVs and loud music all playing at the same time, it might have been different. But it was the restaurant of a nice hotel, one that offered room service. Do the parents know that this is not their house, I wondered, thinking, finally, of a couple I saw on the subway in Yokohama once. Their 18-month-old son was with them, And when the boy wanted to look out the window, his mother removed his shoes, took a towel out of her bag, and spread it upon the seat so that he could stand on it. Just before we reached their station, the woman pulled out a small spray bottle, along with a paper napkin, and cleaned the kid's handprints off the glass. So actually, maybe that's the solution. You have a child or two. 
and then send them off to be raised in Japan until they're 18 or so and have learned proper manners. When they return and you tell them how absolutely awesome and special they are, they will look at you and blink, not understanding and thus not believing a word of it. Thanks for listening, and thanks to David Sedaris for bringing his brilliance and humor to Honestly once again. You can read this essay by going to the Free Press's website, thefp.com. While you're there, consider becoming a paid subscriber today. Doing that supports the work of this show and everything else we do at the company. Happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, and see you soon.